With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. I am glad that you're here hanging out with us today. Thank you, thank you so much. I love com- communicating and connecting with all of my listeners. So thank you so much uh, for hanging out with me for the next 30 minutes. Well, last night was it. That was the final, the third and final round of the presidential debate, and I think. Obama won by unanimous knockout. <laughs> I don't know if my boxing vernacular was on point, but y'all know what I'm talking about, and you know what I mean. He won. We just have to now see if that translates to an actual win in November, and parenthetically speaking, I believe it will. Uh, before we get started into uh, what happened last night and what's happening, there's a lot of talk with Israel last night and Israel being our ally and then there was the hysterical bayonet. So before we get into that, uh, I just want to let everyone know that um, we can be found on Facebook. I changed the URL um, from Cybrown Morning Show to Cybrown Global just so that it matches um, our website. So if you can, log on to CybrownGlobal.com. There you will find breaking international news, much of which we discuss on this show every day. And then you can just log on to Facebook.com forward slash Global. It's the same site, just a different URL to get there. Um, and I also want to share with you that I had the privilege of speaking at Hudson County Community College on hip-hop culture, which was really, really fun. And my dear friend, LaVon, uh, was able to videotape it. So I have uploaded there were two parts. Part one is uh, probably about two minutes, and part two is uh, about 12 or 13 minutes of my talk to college students about hip-hop culture. And the cool thing about it is since it's a community college, the age, um, the, the, the age group of the class spanned, you know, freshmen at just coming out of high school up into Um, seasoned adults. So when you have a conversation about hip-hop culture, there's going to be a different take from a 19-year-old and a 49-year-old. So the conversation was awesome. We were able to videotape it. A lot of really, really good questions were asked. And we were actually even able to capture the Q&A portion of my talk. So that's really interesting because now you're hearing what young people and and just other people are thinking about the culture that, you know, we call hip-hop and also the distinction between rap music and what rap music is and the culture as a whole. So it was really, really fun. I posted it on YouTube. 
on my YouTube channel. So you can go to youtube.com forward slash Cy Brown. It is posted on my personal page on Facebook as well as our show's page on Facebook as well as on Twitter. So twitter.com forward slash Cy Brown. Just type in Cy Brown and chances are you will find me and you will see the videos. I also want to share one more thing. I also posted videos. I was interviewed in 2008 with Rakia Mays, Bruce George, NY Oil, um, and a few others uh, on the candidacy of President Obama at that time. And it was very interesting. That is a two-part video series as well. But one of the videos, um, you know, talks, I, I'm quoted as saying, you know, they, they edit down your, your longer statements. But one of the videos captured me saying people weren't going to vote for Obama because they're going to be worried about chicken and collard greens in the White House, which, you know, I said it. It was 2008. We, he was a candidate we didn't know. <laughs> so, of course, the before and after piece was, was edited out. But it's a pretty good depiction of what we were thinking at that time about uh, then-candidate Obama. Part two of that has NY Oil as the screenshot. He is definitely a friend to the room and has been on this show several times um, where you have his take, and that piece is a little bit longer. It's probably about four or five minutes but just about what we thought of President Obama's candidacy back in 2008. So the cool thing is seeing how raw our thoughts were back in 2008 versus what has be, what his presidency has become in 2012 and our take on it. So really, really good stuff. So check out our Facebook page, and you'll see all four of those videos, the first two are of me speaking at Hudson County Community College on hip-hop and pop culture, and the other two videos are um, of me and others, uh, an ensemble cast, I should say, talking about President Obama's candidacy in 2008. And, you know, I will say as we, as we segue into today's topic, which is, you know, a summary of last night's debate on foreign policy, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said. There's just a lot to be said about the style and substance of our presidents, our, our, our presidency, our standing, America's standing in the world, as as well as how we're going to move our country forward. So I'm I'm really excited. So check out those videos when you can. Just want to let everyone know the chat room is officially open. So, uh, oh hey PGL, can we get transcripts of shows? Um, yeah, you can. You can definitely get a transcript. Um of the shows. I don't know if I have to order the transcript and get it to you or you can get the transcript of my past shows yourself. That I'm I'm not quite sure, but I know I can get a transcript of the show. Want to give a big shout out to everybody who's in the chat room. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And if you have any questions or you want to call in or you have any comments, you can definitely dial 347-633-9113. Again, 347-633-9113. The studio line is officially open. Let's talk about what happened last night. (laughs) You know, I'm like itching, uh, itching to talk about this. And I I believe I'm on the cutting edge. Um, I believe that God gives us insight and wisdom. And I have been talking about this global phenomenon for a while now, so much so that it prompted me to launch Cyber Brown Global, which I talk about on every show because I think 
foreign policy is so freaking incredibly important um, as our future and as we move forward. But uh, last night's foreign policy debate, I would like to say this. I didn't hear too much from Mitt Romney, did you? (laughs) I really didn't hear too much from him. And I tried not to listen to too many talking heads because I didn't want them, their opinions, to sway what I had to say on today's show. So in, in watching the debate last night, I was astonishingly shocked at how much Mitt Romney agreed with President Obama's foreign policy. Now, let me, let me say this. Uh, very often during last night's debate, Mitt Romney tried to take the conversation from foreign policy back to his stale talking points about the economy. Thankfully, Bob Schieffer, who I think did an awesome job as the moderator, kept bringing it right back to foreign policy, right back to foreign policy. But this is this is the most telling. The, this is one of the most telling aspects that I believe we should have all paid attention to. Aside from there being these massive talking points and, you know, points that you want to get in and zingers and these staged pauses for sound bites for morning television, I keep saying that foreign policy and what happens overseas is connected to domestic policy in such a way that you cannot separate the two. So there is this, there's this line that is this very thin cord, there's a silver cord that is connecting what happens overseas to what happens here at home. And I've been doing a lot of posting um, on Facebook, more than I've been for a while now, and a lot of people seem to take the position, well, we're engaged in nation building, what about here? What about here in, at home? Well, it's all connected. And it goes back to oil. I talked a lot about the oil, you know, and the importance of oil on yesterday's show. We need to understand, particularly as it relates to Syria, Libya, and all of those eastern countries, that everything that happens over there affects what happens here. Think about it. I, we shared yesterday, and I, and I talked about this, and it's all over the news. Gas prices are starting to drop. Do we not see how this is, where this is ultimately going? And last night, Bob Schieffer did a, danced very gingerly to get the, the candidates back onto foreign policy. I just want to, I, I want to read something that I wrote in my notes before we go on, but I want to just share something that is in the chat room right now. Mitt was mini Obama last night, agreed with so much, LOL. Mitt conceded the debate last night because he feels his domestic policies is what will ultimately get him elected. You know what, TGL, to a certain degree, you're, you're absolutely right, but I believe that's the wrong strategy and the wrong position for him to take. Based on your comment, he conceded the debate last night because he feels his domestic policies is what will ultimately get him elected. It will to those who do not understand that what happens overseas affects what happens here. That's why I have been on this global, global, international, global platform for so long, and I'm going to stay on it. If you don't want to hear about international policies and how it affects us here at home, turn off the show now and don't come back for a year because I'm going to keep talking about it. You know, last night he they, they touched on, and I, and I have this in my notes to share with you, how Mitt Romney is going to bring back jobs. 
I'm going to bring back 12 million jobs, and he said that and has been saying that. But number one, those jobs are not jobs that can take care of families. The jobs that could take care of families are gone, particularly in manufacturing. It's very difficult, if not impossible, damn near impossible, to outsource construction jobs. But when he's saying he's going to bring back 12 million jobs, I don't doubt that. Let us not get it twisted. I don't doubt he's going to do that. If he says he's going to do it and he believes he can do it, he can. But $5, $6, and $7 an hour jobs are not jobs. Let's take Walmart, for example. Walmart has masterfully become one of the largest, if not the largest, employer in the United States. But what they do is they strategically keep their employees' hours just under the state's requirements to make them full-time employees that would guarantee them medical benefits um, and other, you know, sick time and things like that. I know someone, when I lived in Atlanta, this woman was raising two children. She was a single mother. She lived in the same subdivision as I did, and she worked at Walmart. I want to say her salary was around seven or eight bucks an hour. This was back in the early 2000s. She never got enough hours where she could get benefits for her, medical benefits for her children, and said so much out of her mouth that the employees there all talked about how they all got Medicaid and food stamps, yet they were working at Walmart. Furthermore, when she cashed her check because her check was so low, she had very few options to shop elsewhere but at Walmart. So those are the types of jobs that Mitt Romney is saying he can create, but that is not sustainable. You're still relying on government help because without government help, she would have no health insurance for her children. You dig where I'm going with this? You know, this is that sleight of hand. You know, when you, you like here in New York, we have the guys in Times Square where they used to be where, you know, you've got the, the card, what is it, three-card Monty or something like that, and you've got the little ball under the shelves. It's all a sleight of hand, and it's all a bunch of card tricks. So all people here, because we live in such a soundbite world, is I'm going to bring back 12 million jobs. Well, how the hell are you going to do that? Maybe I shouldn't have cursed, but oh well. How are you going to do it? There's no substance behind it. There's no substance behind it. And then, you know, let's even swing it to the auto bailout. And this is this is what really frustrated me because when we're talking about the auto industry, that's definitely domestic policy, domestic, you know, domestic economics. You know, Mitt Romney said last night straight out of his mouth, I would have taken Detroit through a structured bankruptcy. And President Obama, God bless him, I was really cheering for him last night because he really showed up and showed out. It was like, no, he didn't. Uh-uh, no, 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 he checked them. Like, nah, that's not what you said. Mitt Romney tried to clean up last night that he wanted to take Detroit through a structured bankruptcy, which is not true. He said out of his mouth, and it's on the record, that he would let them go bankrupt. And I remember this because I said the same thing. I said it on this show that I would let Detroit go bankrupt because if we live in a capitalistic society, and I was wrong on this issue just as Mitt Romney was wrong. See, that's why we're not, you know, as a people, we're not 100% Republican, we're not 100% Democrat all the time. We have beliefs of certain things in certain ways based on how we were raised, based on our societal norms, based on our upbringing, and I believe that Detroit should have gone bankrupt because I believe and wanted to have a belief in the capital in, 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 in the capitalistic in a capitalistic society in which we live, and I can readily admit I was wrong. I was totally wrong on that, and I I am so happy and thankful that our president did not let Detroit go bankrupt. See, you know, 
capitalism is really the greed behind capitalism is what ultimately has destroyed this, the, the economics of this country and on an international level. But last night, Mitt Romney says, well, I would have taken them through a structured uh, bankruptcy and, 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 and they would have come out better on the other side, not giving them a government handout. Well, you know what? You were wrong, Mitten. <laughs> you were wrong on that one. So I'm very, and, I'm, and what I'm happy is that Obama chin-checked them right then and there. You know, see, before he was kind of, you know, wavering and, and not as firm in his resolve to make, to, to call Mitt Romney out, but last night he did it, and I was just cheering for him at every at every opportunity. But I must say this, as it relates to foreign policy, because, again, last night's debate was on foreign policy. How many times did Mitt Romney have to profess his allegiance to Israel? We all know <laughs> that Israel is our ally. And I just want to add a, a, a fly to our honey right now that, you know, Hillary Clinton is our Secretary of State, and her husband, her daughter married an Orthodox Jew. And I know from just having so many Jewish friends, if somebody who is not Jewish marries somebody who is Jewish, they have to convert to Judaism. And you know that if you've ever seen Sex in the City, the movie, uh, that Charlotte had to convert to Judaism when she wanted to get married. It's just the way it is. Uh, even uh, on CNN, John King married Dana Bash. John King and Dana Bash are correspondents on um, CNN. When John King married Dana Bash about a year and a half, about two years ago, before they had their son, he had to convert to Judaism. Unfortunately, they have since separated, but that's just the way it is. So let me get, take it back to foreign policy. The irony behind Hillary Clinton's daughter marrying someone who is an Orthodox Jewish person. How does that impact, if it has any impact at all, United States foreign relations with Israel if our Secretary of State's daughter married an Orthodox Jew? Some may say it's conspiracy theory. Some may say it has no bearing at all. I kind of think that there's some larger implications there. I think there's something to be said about that. Um, As the Secretary of State, and having, uh, you know, her father as the former United States president. There are a lot of cultures, even though it may not be so prevalent here in the United States, that believes in arranged marriages. I'm sure you know that. My listeners, you listeners are all very smart people. Um, And so it just makes you wonder if the marriage was arranged, perhaps, to strengthen uh, our partnership with Israel. I'm just saying. It's just something to think about. But anyway, last night Mitt Romney, <laughs> I just had to get that in there. Last night Mitt Romney uh, talked endlessly about our, our ties with Israel, how Obama handled Syria, how he handled um, the attack in Benghazi. And the bigger story behind all of this is there were at least Seven occurrences, I counted, at least seven occurrences where he agreed with President Obama's position on foreign relations. Now, I don't know about you, but I just, I know we don't, we can't all possibly agree on all issues. The purpose of a debate is when you have two opposing sides 
bring their A game and hash out why they why their position is stronger than the opponent's position. So what kind of debate was that if Mitt Romney conceded that Obama's foreign policies are working? And if we go back to the premise that we know whatever happens overseas ultimately affects us domestically, and Mitt Romney conceded at least seven times that President Obama is on the right track, what does that do for him as a foreign as a as a person who's going to be strong on foreign policy. The only thing Mitt Romney said with any strength and and uh, fortitude in his voice was when he said he would strengthen the military, and then he st- <laughs> he stuck his foot in his mouth when he said uh, when he made the, the comment about um, the Navy. We have less people in the Navy, and there's less ships. Uh, in the water now than back in 1917. <laughs> and President Obama was like, yeah, well, you know, we had more bayonets back then too, <laughs> which I thought was an awesome zinger to come back. So Mitt Romney is saying, you know, our Navy, he was trying to allude to the fact that our Navy is not as strong now as it was, you know, 100 years ago, you know, 80, 90 years ago. But But based on the fact that there are less, ships in the water than there were back in 1917. And President Obama, oh, it's moments like this why I really love our president, was like, well, you know what, back then, you know, maybe there were more, you know, ships in the ocean, but now we've got submarines, we've got tankers, we've got this, we've got that. And then back then they had more bayonets than we have now too, but that's because they're obsolete. If I could have, if I had jumped any higher, I think my head would have gone through the ceiling of my house, the roof of my house. Because it's those type of asinine comments that Mitt Romney makes, and those who are ill-informed would agree. They would say, hey, yeah, you know what, there were more ships in the Navy back then than there are now, without looking at the substance, reasoning, or logic behind it. So it's all of those things that we have to think about. And when we look at who won last night, um, you know, hands down Obama won. But it's really not even about winning or not winning the debate. It's about who is able to best take this country from where we are to where we need to be. And when you look at that, you can't help but believe, particularly after watching Obama's position on foreign policy last night, that how can you vote for Mitt Romney? Because prior to last night's debate, he was against all of Obama's foreign policy initiatives. So I don't know. Call him a flip-flopper, call him what you want, call him what you will, but he's not getting my vote no matter what. And I hope he doesn't get yours. I'm going so much to say please vote for Obama because our future and our children's lives and the future of the free world uh, depends on it. Let me just read a couple more comments in the chat room before I wind down today's show. Just want to give a special hello to my callers from uh, 201-424-917-702-213. And three two three. I think those are all California. So thank you for calling in and listening to the show. Um, in the chat room, really quick, <laughs> TGL just put. I was just thinking about arranged marriage. LOL. I'm telling you, there, there may be some truth to that. I can't say either way, but it just makes you wonder, right? Like it, it, it makes you wonder. It just makes you think. So, and that's all this show is really designed to do, is to. Give you 30 minutes of your day to say, hmm, I never thought about it from that perspective. And that's if you do that, then 
God is going to tell me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's all I ask for. So anyway, before we go and before we run out of time, please log on to um, my page on Facebook so you can see the videos of me speaking at Hudson County Community College. Um, because that was really fun and it was really good. And I'm glad that God continues to give me these opportunities so I can continue to share God's word and God's message as the way that I see fit um, based on my understanding of the Bible. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And tomorrow we have a really, really good show. And I promise you we are not talking about the debate. We're not talking about the election. We're talking about um, how entrepreneurs can make more money in their business. And uh, I've got some – I've already – got my show notes, and and I'll finish prepping for that show tonight. But it's really about how entrepreneurs can make more money in their business. And then on Thursday we're talking about um, how to get your book done, how to write a book, because I have so many people talk to me about how to write a book, and um, so I'm going to share that on the show on Thursday. So thank you all for listening. I'm getting ready to dash off and start my day. I've got some meetings and things I have to go to. Um, and, uh, you know, don't forget, I'm going to be hitting you all up for some goodies and some wares so some moms and families in Jersey City and the New York City area can have a happier holiday season. So thank you so much for listening today. Always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any I'm sorry, I'm just reading more comments in the chat room. I'm so sorry. Sorry about that. Always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. I'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, until then, be blessed. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.